You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Connor Lovejoy, Assistant Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Hello, listeners. Uh, my name is Connor Lovejoy, and you're joining me for a uh, Supply Side West edition of our Natural Products Insider podcast. And I am joined by Susie Badaraco. Susie is the uh, president of Culinary Tides Incorporated. Uh, she's also a toxicologist, uh, a chef, and a registered dietitian. And she is going to be a speaker at one of the Supply Side West uh, education sessions called Colors and Flavor, Superheroes of Product Success. And that's going to be October 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, I'm extremely excited for that opportunity to work with her. But right now, she's going to share some special insights with us. And uh, I, I guess I'll just start out with the first, uh, with the first question. How are natural color and flavor trends born? Sure. So for any trend to be born, you have to have two things. You have to have a champion, someone or something carrying it forward. So a champion is not necessarily a company. A champion could be another trend, actually could cause a new trend to be born. So something or someone pushing it forward. Uh, you also have to have it linking into other existing trends. So if you have trends that, that has been born but does not ex- link into other existing trends, hmm. um, you end up with a shorter life cycle of that trend. Versus if it has lots of girlfriends, now you've got probably a longer life cycle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you also have to look at the parents. Who are the parents to this kid, this new trend? Um, and if the parents get killed off, then your trend's going to get killed off. So there's a lot of things you have to watch for with a birth, but the two things are champion. Got to have it linking into other existing trends for it to actually materialize kind of in a solid form. Wow. So it's like a, it's like a spider web in a sense. It's all, it's all connected. It's very kind. It's more complicated than people like to think it is. There's a science to it. <laughs> yeah. So that, of course, that segues into my next question. Uh, so, what are some of the key trends you uh, hope to see or expect to see uh, gain momentum in natural color and flavor? Uh, so everything comes back to the fact that right now in this country, and we're not alone, but in this country, we're in an emotional stall which means we're not in a recession, we're not in a recovery economically. An emotion, a, a stall means we are financially fine, markets are fine, but emotionally Americans are behaving like they're in a recession. That changes everything. It changes color, it changes flavor, it changes how people interact with companies, it changes everything. So what colors and flavors are doing is right now for consumers to be attracted to them, they have to be based in the familiar. Even the names of the colors and flavors have to be based in the familiar. So let's say you have a color that's kind of this off-kilter red. You want to name it something like cinnamon or brick red. You don't want to give it some crazy name because it's not going to be approachable. Same with flavors. So the experimental edge to color and flavor right now that's coming in is really coming not in the form of the base flavor or the base color. It's coming in the form of the add-ons, the presentation, maybe what you name it, but it's still got to, you know, have a familiar edge to it. So with colors, what we're expecting is kind of muted primaries or stronger secondaries. 
So, for instance, there could be um, coastal blues and greens, but not straight blues and greens, not primaries. Um, they also could be show colors. They could also be showing up in unexpected places or just little hints. So, if you uh, have, let's say, you have a packaging packaging you're doing for a product, mm -hmm. um, the entire color, the entire package is not going to be blue green. You're going to have hints of that color within the package. Um, colors are also right now setting the mood, and the mood is to calm everybody down. So they set the personality, they set the mood, the name of it completes the story, um, but the color is not necessarily the only story in the product, right? It's got a, it's got a, it's, it's not the leading lady, it's the best friend in the movie. It's what color is doing. With flavors, you've got similar trend. You've got hybrids. You've got flavors pairing with each other. You've got co-presentations of flavors. Um, simple flavors, but strong and focused. So for instance, regional apple. So it's not just apple. It's got to be a regional derived apple. It's got to be varietal specific citrus, not just uh, it's lemon. It also can have historical ties in flavor, which, which and, and naming a color, if you have historical ties and naming the color, that goes a long way. So historical ties, an example in food and flavor would be a region-specific beer, right? So the beer, is, it could be global, it could be USA, but it's got to be regional. Yeah. So the flavor has to have some kind of tie to history that will ground consumers. Wow, that's incredible. So it's got to be approachable on, on a variety of levels. Yes, it has to be. A, it doesn't mean it can't be sexy. It can be mm. sexy and silly okay. and fun and flirty. A little edgy. But the base of it has to be approachable, something they can connect with. It can't be all crazy. You can't have a crazy name and a crazy flavor. that they. It, it will be unrelatable right now. It's not what they want to see. They're not in an experimental mood, period. Mm -hmm. you, have to be, you have to be able to essentially uh, pronounce the name, right? It's something that you can relate to, yes. react to. Very interesting. Yeah. And if it's something global, you know, flavor coming in, you have to tell them where this thing is coming from. It's mm -hmm. this Eastern Mediterranean. It comes from this part of Italy. Whatever the story is, that will help ground it. Build a narrative. Mm. You have to build a narrative, yeah. And if you're doing hybrids or pairings, you have to build a marriage. You cannot have two crazy things coming together just because you feel like it and it's funny. Yeah. If, if it doesn't make sense to the consumer, they're not even going to try it. They're not even going to sniff it, literally. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they're going to be like, nope, not working for me. Move on. Are there any uh, particular flavors or colors on your uh, radar for next year, Susie? Yeah. So kind of pairing in with what I said about, let's say, colors, muted primaries, stronger secondaries. Um, so colors looking for things like the coastal blues and greens. Mm -hmm. um, yellow. But it's got to be yellow found in nature. So, so it could be a shocking yellow, but that's because it comes from, you know, a daffodil or a dandelion. Hmm. Uh, grays, but charcoal grays. So very muted, grounded. Um, reds, but off reds, like cinnamon reds, brick reds. Not straight. It's not a straight primary red. Um, purples, same thing. Not a shocking purple. More like dusty purples. Uh, for whites, one of the big colors coming forward next year is going to be paper whites. So it's paper, a, paper white. white is sort of a blend of a gray and a white. Okay, so it's kind of like an off-white a little bit? It's just, it's a muted white. It's like a dusty white. 
Interesting. So it's called paper white, and it's kind of a blend. It's got gray in it. Is the bar. So it's not a blue white. It's not a red white or a yellow. White. It's a gray. It's that, a paper. It's a paper white. <laughs> yeah, I actually just even like the name. The name is super approachable. It's fabulous. It is. It uh, is. I know. And then it, that just calms you right down. It's like ah, paper white. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind this. <laughs> yeah, just as a consumer, I can see what their thought process would be. Yeah, the dusty purples. It's very calming. So with flavors same patterns, but shows up differently, right? So varietal fruits, right? So not just citrus, but varietal mm-hmm. citrus, regional citrus, um, heirloom varietal. So that could be, that could be, heirloom varietals could literally be meats. It could be uh, vegetables. It could be dairy coming in. That's heirloom. Okay. Um, hybrids also. Oh, and by the way, butter and cream is back and I get a hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. <laughs> Woohoo! Butter and cream. Yay. <laughs> Gets no more grounding than that. Um, dark chocolate. So chocolate's just going to oh, go dark. Of course. Wow, it's, yeah. And it's simple. It is not any crazy chocolates right now. It's just give me dark chocolate. Uh, global historical blends and singles like sumac coming in from Mediterranean, Middle Eastern cooking. Eastern Mediterranean is, is definitely here. So tahini, zatar, fermented items. It could be dairy. It could be pickled items. So those are extreme on the palate. It's like anything fermented or pickled is extreme on the palate. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to tie it regionally. So if it's a pickle, you have to say this comes from Boston or this is a Japanese pickle. You have to name it because it's already shocking on the palate. So tie it to history, tie it to a region. Same with fermented. Where is this yogurt coming from? Where is this fermented beverage coming from? Happy to try it. I better know what the background is. Um, global cheeses, florals and botanicals. Of course, everybody's talking about the florals and the botanicals. And that goes back again to Middle Eastern, Mediterranean cuisine. They use a lot of florals and botanicals. Shows up in the bar scene as the fun, flirty add-on to the historical beverage you're serving, right? Add-on yeah. floral. That's the sexy part. Um, things like pandan, tamarind. Um, and, of course, don't forget to put alcohol like in everything. So <laughs> alcohol-infused <laughs> everything is fabulous, and it's huh. coming, right? Like I had yeah, everything in my ice cream, thank goodness, right? haagen is already doing this, you know, it, but that's why. It's it's grounding. It's soothing. <laughs> like, it's, totally, it's totally approachable, and it kind of makes you want a little bit more. It's, it's historical. It's tied to history, putting, you know, alcohol-infused items. It's, you know, part of the backbone practically of French cooking. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those are like a handful of things, but you can hopefully see kind of a pattern with all of those items and how they actually kind of relate because they're part of a bigger pattern. Oh, man, I, I hope to, to walk the show floor and try to find any of this stuff <laughs> in some ingredient lists. Or, I know. That is incredible. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. So what are some new uh, technology developments that you're seeing in, of course, natural flavor and color? Okay, so it's um, uh, with with technology and flavor. What we're seeing, th- there's there's kind of two different directions it's going. Mm-hmm. One of the directions with flavor is going just masking, which is sort of sad, but sort of great. Yeah. Uh, masking flavor. So especially with the explosion now of CBD friendly foods, CBD gummies, CBD beverages. You can't get away um, from it. You have to mask it. Oh my goodness, it's not palate friendly. I'm just telling you that right now it's just like (laughs) oh geez do i really want to drink this or do i really want to eat this 
Um, so some of it is flavor masking technologies, honestly. Uh, some of it is masking flavors for some of the non-nutritive sweeteners, right? They don't mm -hmm. have a great aftertaste, some of them. Um, so you have to mask them. So that's one direction flavor is going technologically. Uh, another really quirky way it's going, which mm -hmm. is fabulous, they're doing this overseas, is to attach flavors to nutrients which what? is a fabulous way to introduce into the product. So, for instance, there's technology out there now for, for um, having, like, cinnamon, let's say cinnamon attached to a fiber, like a natural fiber that would go into food to increase the fiber content of bread. So you can wow. attach cinnamon to the fiber, put it in bread, and now you have a cinnamon bread. But really, the fiber that you've added, that's the one that's infused with cinnamon, not the bread. You're not adding so it's fascinating technologies that are coming in. I know. So you're so you can attach flavors, whatever the flavor is, to these uh, beneficial side ingredients that you're adding then into the product. That normally so wouldn't adding, even have that association. No, no, it would. Yeah, you would never. Fiber has no flavor, right? So to add cinnamon to it is fabulous. Right. You could potentially do this, you know, adding it to a beverage, you could add it to bread, you, but, but it's kind of endless possibilities. But those two types of technologies around flavor is so much more exciting than, okay, here's just another, you know, artificially dried flavor that mimics this flavor. No, it, they, there's purpose in the flavors is, I guess, the technologies that we are excited about seeing. Of course. There's a function to them. It's not just, it's a flavor. And so with color... You know, so I'll back up. So also with color and flavor, part of mm -hmm. the part of the stretch also is water soluble, especially with the beverage trends going with all the sparkling hints of water. Um, these things have to be water soluble. You you have to be able to disperse them within the liquid. If you're dealing with a non-water soluble color or flavor, you, you have to have technology to to get over that. Which like I know that's sure a big formulation perfect. challenge almost. It's a big formulation. So water solubility with either one, technologies like that we're looking for. Um, so basically the technologies are there. M most often what we're seeing is the technologies that are there for either flavor or color to solve a problem. They're not there just to, oh, look what we could do technologically. Isn't this clever? It's more that it's, no, we, we have an issue with something, and we have to be able to solve it. That's where the technologies are coming in right now with flavor and color. That's incredible. I'd love to see how they, how they tackle those, those challenges. and That's, that's insane. <laughs> I'll keep on mm -hmm. looking out. So uh, my fifth and final question is, uh, what are consumers seeking in colors and flavors? Because I know that consumers became a whole lot more cognizant of what was going into their their uh, foods and beverages in terms of uh, uh, color after that, you know, huge 2007 uh, study in The Lancet that linked certain food colorings to hyperactivity in children. And I know since then that really mm -hmm. it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but it, it didn't stop the fact that, you know, consumers are a lot more aware these days and it's kind of jump ship. It's not just about colors. It is also about flavors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah, what are consumers it, seeking in, in natural colors and flavors? Sorry. Yeah, and, it, and it's sad because they're kind of hypersensitized now to um, – you could even have a natural color or a natural flavor, but on the package, if you're not uh, explaining what it was derived from, you've got a problem. Like the classic example is not really a color or a flavor, but a nutrient. So tocopherol is vitamin E. 
But if you put tocopherol on the package, they're like, what the heck is that? Calm down, it's just vitamin E. So you have to, with a flavor and a color, same thing. If it's derived from some source, in parentheses, put that down there. That will calm them down. So you're right. Natural is kind of the thing they're going for. But sometimes consumers don't even know that they want a certain thing until you point it out to them. And that, that, could, be, that could be cars. That could be computers. It's also true in food. So They need to be shown. They need to be shown. And then like, oh, that's brilliant. How did I ever live without it? So part of it is also, like I said, color or flavor. Is there a way to tie it to history, your mm-hmm. history, another global history? Is, there, is it regionally specific? If it is a red that is specific to a part of L.A. with fabulous street painters, you want to somehow call that out, right? I, and it gives a coolness factor. And a secret, like I know exactly where that color came from. And this is the history on it. And now I can tell all my friends, and I'm the rock star of all my friends because I know these little details. <laughs> That's how, seriously, that's, I, I works for me and I'm a consumer, right? It totally works yeah. for me. So something regional, it's got to have, but color or flavor, does it have a story? Is there a story behind it? Um, if you're marrying two different things, does the marriage work? Mm-hmm. You don't want a marriage that doesn't work. So for instance, um, with a flavor, you may have the hottest flavor on the internet, right? But if you put it in the wrong food, you're done. All that progress and all that association with good the marriage that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. So for so you want to marry them. So for instance, if you have a South American dish, have South American flavors. Like, do mm-hmm. not put Japanese flavors into a. It won't a right now. <laughs> it will make no sense. It, if we were in full blown recovery, everybody's in love. Everybody's talking politics. Nobody's arguing. Absolutely, go ahead. Put Japanese flavors into a South American dish, but not now. Not now. Now, now is not the, the right time. I don't care how fabulous it tastes it's going to make absolutely no sense the same with color like if you're if you're let's say it's in packaging for example or um so or even let's say it's a cake so let's say you're putting coloring into a cake if that cake is supposed to be white don't make it green it's going to make no sense i mean Mm -hmm. yeah if you have a rainbow cake go ahead and make it green but do you know what I mean? If it's a traditional yeah. something cake from a certain region in the deep south of the U.S., don't make it green. <laughs> like, don't do that. Same with packaging. If you've got a seafood and you're packaging it, absolutely use the coastal blues. 100% that makes sense. Don't use fire engine red. That makes no sense. <laughs> so that's what the marriage is. So it's consumers, yeah, they're seeking natural. But it, it's way more complicated than that. It is, it is what is that flavor or color saying? Does it marry? Does it match? Because what's going to happen is if it doesn't marry, not only are they not going to buy the product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to trust the company that did that. They're going to be like, clearly the company didn't know what the heck they were doing or that restaurant didn't know what the heck they were doing. I, maybe I don't want to try anything else. Which is the worst case scenario, of course. Which is the worst case scenario. And then you know, heaven forbid they go on the internet and start photographing it and saying, what were they thinking? You're dead. It spreads on social media and, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be grounded. It's got to make sense. And all of that, the history, the regional, the story, all of that works right now to calm everybody down. And it makes them feel aligned and calm and like you're an ally. And that's what they're looking for right now. They're looking for friends and allies. They don't – so, for instance, in restaurants – they're not sitting at communal tables to meet a bunch of strangers. They are sitting at communal tables to talk with their friends, family, loved ones, people they trust. 
They yeah. don't want to get into conversation with anybody outside their circle right now. It's too terrifying. So in a sense, you have colors. to you have to associate you have to take that and put that into colors and flavors. That same exactly, attitude. exactly. So yep, natural is kind of the tip of the iceberg, and then there's a whole other mess of stuff that happens along with that, with what they're seeking. And what they're needing, you know what I mean, internally, emotionally, right now there is a great need to feel grounded, calm, um, safe. Stability. Yep. They want to experiment a little bit. You know, they want to peek here and there, um, but they don't want the entire thing to be experimental. It, it's, it's too much. They have too much that they're worried about in their lives right now. They need to feel a little bit cool, but mostly grounded. It's fascinating that it's like directly tied to, you know, the political climate. It, it is. It's tied to that. It's tied to economic fears, job fears, travel fears, shopping fears, to tariffs. It's tied to all of that. That that yeah. is the base, base, base that cause causes everything else that's going on with them. So of course, Susie, this has been. I mean, it's been absolutely incredible to hear your insights. You provide such a unique. Uh, angle to this and of course I'm extremely excited about our our supply side west education session to hear more about this and of course to see you in person but um, is there is there anything uh, else you'd like to add before we uh, completely wrap this up any other insights any other uh, any other add-ons anything uh, yes just for for companies just um, know the trend how it was born who the parents are before you decide if you're going to engage with it or not. And I always say, you know, neither love nor hate a trend. Do that on your own time. But if you do, it will fog your perception of what the trend is actually doing or about to do. And pay more attention to the trend's trajectory than what, than what your clients or what your um, competitors are doing, because after all, your competitors could be idiots. <laughs> you don't want to follow them off a cliff. <laughs> Lemmings. Exactly. Pay attention to the trend. You know, steer your own ship. Watch them in the peripheral, but steer your own ship. Insights, you heard it here first from from Susie herself. Uh, of course, I want to thank you, Susie, for joining uh, us. A good follow-up to this, please visit and attend her Supply Side West education session. Again, it's called Colors and Flavors, Superheroes of Product Success, Supply Side West 2019, October 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you so much, Susie. Thank you. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.